one constant through all the years, Ray. Been Beyond the game. The ladies are digging my sweet bass. That's the dumbest thing I could think of. Our formula is this. We go out, we hit people in the mouth. We like that. You like that. That is a career ender, just like this show. You're already famous in Rochester, but watch out world. It's a faith-based sports radio program. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome to the show. Hope your day is off to a great start. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. Joining me is Zach Barletta. You can follow us on your favorite social media platform. Our handle is at BTG program or stop by our website sometime. You can find us at btgprogram.com. Zach, let's talk a little bit about baseball. My favorite sport. All right. Your, I, I don't know. Is baseball your favorite or is hockey your favorite? It's still baseball. I think it always will be baseball. Yeah. I, I always love the way baseball and hockey work together. For me, mm-hmm. I'm a baseball fan. Always have been. Probably always will be. I'm sure. But during the off season, you got hockey. So the two are one and two for me. Although I like everything. I really do. I, you came over the other night. I'm watching bull riding. Yeah. I, I love the PBR. I, I love – if it's competition, I'm into it. But anyway, I, I digress. We're talking a little bit about baseball because there's so many surprising things. What caught me off guard was looking in the paper and seeing the first-place Minnesota Twins playing the first-place Colorado Rockies earlier this week. Yeah, I'm sure nobody – when the schedule was released, thought that was going to be an important mac- matchup for the standings, but here we are. Exactly right. We, You and I talked about Minnesota. Would they be the absolute worst in the league? Would they be the second worst in the league? You were pretty high on Colorado and still are. Yeah. You're not wearing it now, but you've been in the studio a number of times with your yeah. Colorado Rockies hat. You're a closet Rockies fan. Well, I'm not even really closet anymore. I'm wearing the hat out, so... Well, I guess you're out of the closet then. We can say that about you. (laughs) But the Minnesota Twins in first place, what do you make of that? I have no idea because I think I was one of the people that thought they would be the worst team in baseball. And I, I, you look at the numbers that they're putting up and there's really nothing that stands out. I mean, Byron Buxton's not hitting. The guys that they've cycled through at DH are not hitting. Um I mean, Irvin Santana is pitching his brains out. But other than that, the rotation's not really impressive. I I don't know how they're doing it, to be honest with you, but good for them. Well, here we are in the middle of May, getting towards the latter part of May now. My prediction, they don't enter June in first place. Uh, I'm with you there. The Cleveland Indians, I still think, are head and shoulders above everybody in that division. Although the Tigers are playing well, even the White Sox are playing better than I, I would have thought, but I don't expect them to be really much above 500 come the end of the season. But I want to ask you about your beloved New York Yankees. Is this a playoff team? I think it is. Uh, I think I may have had them as a playoff team, as a wild card You team did. I didn't think, you know. They... But, and I've been talking. I talked to somebody the other day after the Astros-Yankees series. It's like, well, you know, that could be a playoff matchup. And and my, my coworker was like, whoa, slow your roll, buddy. It's May. And I was like, yeah, you know, you're right. But um, – They've got out, gotten out to such a big cushion that really, I mean, you can play 500 baseball the rest of the way and you're right there in the mix at the end of the season. So 
um, they're one of the the leaders in in just about every offensive category in Major League Baseball. So they're driving in runs. They're just bludgeoning teams. And if they can get just good starting pitching the rest of the way, I think they are. They're so much fun to watch because they've come from behind so many times that even when they're behind, you're kind of waiting for the comeback, which makes it very fun to watch. I I, you mentioned we're at the latter part of May now, getting into that. I think it's time you can start thinking about. It's not too early. It's not the second week of April where we're talking about playoffs. Right. I mean, you're 40 games into the season. You can start thinking. Well, this team is shaping up to be mm-hmm. pretty good. Yeah, that's the quarter of the season. They have everything going for them. They've got the hitting. They're scoring the runs. The the pitching's been good enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, the bullpen is one of the best again. Bullpen's terrific. You know? No, no doubt about the bullpen. But I got to say to you, when are you going to learn? You have to stop with your social media. <laughs> I know. You, you got into it pretty good the other day, suggesting that perhaps the Yankees could. And I knew what you were doing. You're high on the young talent and the yeah. future, as is everybody when it comes to the New York Yankees. And you talked about on Facebook moving Jacoby Ellsbury, if you could find a team to take him and in an outfield of, Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, and Aaron Judge. Mm-hmm. For 2018. For 2018. It didn't go over so well for the Yankee <laughs> fans. And I, I was kind of surprised. Be, you know, Because I, who did you leave out? I left out Brett Gardner. And immediately people, where's Brett Gardner? What are you doing with Brett Gardner? And I said, well, you know, he's. I originally thought that he was a free agent after this year, but he's not. He has one more year. So I, I amended it. I said, well, he would be traded also. You know, you could move him and Ellsbury, two outfielders on the wrong side of 30. Gardner's going to be 34 next season. And between the two of them, clear $32 million in cap space to go after pitchers and stuff in free agency with. And people were telling me straight up, you'd be insane to trade Brett Gardner. You've got to keep Brett Gardner. He's a veteran leader. His batting average is climbing and this and that. And I just kind of backed away slowly and said, well, this was a mistake. Here's the thing. Look, I like Brett Gardner. Yeah. But he's not going to stand in the way of Clint Frazier. When Clint no. Frazier is ready to play, you've got that amount of young upside talent mm-hmm. in wrapped up in youth like that. You're not going to you're not going to have an aging Brett Gardner do that. I like Brett Gardner, as I just said. Here's my problem with Brett Gardner. He I don't think he's a great base dealer. The guy no. flies. He runs like the wind, but he's he's timid. Mm-hmm. You mentioned. To me, we were talking about this once before, and you said out of the batter's box, he's pretty aggressive on the base pass. Yeah. He'll stretch a single into a double, and I agree with you about that. But once he's on base, going first to third or first to home or, or second to home, he's a little timid, and base stealing just doesn't – he's he's not a – he yeah. just doesn't do it. He just doesn't seem like a natural base stealer. I don't know if he's not good no, at not a natural move or whatever, but no, he's – He's, it's frustrating because his whole career, you've seen guys that are slower than him that seal more bases because they're just a more natural base. To, they're better at reading the pitcher or whatever. And here's a guy with this blazing speed that just, at the end of the year, you're like, this guy should have twice the speed. Right. You know has. how fast he is. So you're sitting there waiting for him to go, 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 go. And, and he just, he doesn't. Yeah. But you mentioned something in there where somebody was saying to you that he's veteran leader. Mm-hmm. I've never heard that anywhere. No, and I think that that's a a common misconception that people make is that they assume an old guy is a veteran leader just because he's old. And I think it, it 
I don't think you have to be, conversely, I don't think you have to be old to be a veteran leader, but I also don't think that being old makes you a veteran leader. You know, like Brett Gardner might be the quiet guy in the back room that doesn't say anything. We don't know. Right. And there, and there are, not everybody's a leader just because you're older. Now, there are things that come with age. There is wisdom. There is experience. And I think when you have a veteran player in the locker room, they, some of the younger players may look to him for some of those things, but he may not be forthcoming with it. Do you know, do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, absolutely. he has it. He has, he understands it. He's got it in his head, all this experience mm-hmm. and knowledge. But he just isn't real skilled at passing it on. From everything that I've read, Matt Holiday is mm-hmm. the veteran leader. CC Sabathia is a veteran leader in that locker room. And Matt Holiday's been there for a few months. Yeah, absolutely. You know, spring training is when they met this guy. And I thought it was interesting that people talked about obviously the the ability that Matt Holiday has, but also about the the leadership qualities and the cardinal way and all the things, the intangibles he was going to bring. And, then it, and look, I love Brett Gardner. I think he's fantastic. I've enjoyed watching him for his how, however many years, nine years with the Yankees. But do you need to bring in a Matt Holiday to do those kind of things if Brett Gardner is already doing them? You know, you really don't. I guess I like Brett Gardner. I've never been just so excited that, that about Brett Gardner that th- this is my favorite player or mm-hmm. I got to have him on my team, build around Brett Gardner. He's never been that. The Yankees clearly were trying to trade him last year and yeah. they're just they're, either there were no takers or they didn't get the package back that they mm-hmm. wanted. Well, if he'd hit last year like he's hitting now, I'm sure they would have been able to find a deal. But Granted, he's having a great year. So whoever's arguing for you got to keep Brett Gardner, you'd be insane to get rid of him. You're looking at one year because he hasn't hit like this. He's been a great player. He's been a terrific mm-hmm. defensive player. He Absolutely. saves you some runs in the outfield. Yes. But as far as offense, I don't think he's ever lived up to what I think he could do. But looking at the rest of that team, and you're talking about the youth movement, mm-hmm. what you're proposing might be a year early. I don't know if Clint Frazier will be ready, but a Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks full-time because – with the extra at bats, mm-hmm. he's doing exactly what you said he would. I always thought he was a nice player. I didn't think this was the Aaron Hicks, but you said with more at bats, you believed he could hit like this. And I'll be honest, I didn't expect this. Um, I know when he came up years now, ago. Now, why would you say that? I'm just sitting here p- building yeah, you up, I mean, telling I, you all this yeah, stuff. Yeah, I, uh, I saw this all along. <laughs> My nose is now a foot long. But uh, no, I. But years ago when he came up with the Twins. They talked about him like he was a superstar, and he was Byron Buxton before Byron Buxton was around. And it, as as happens to so many Twins prospects, for whatever reason, he flamed out. You know, it never happened. He showed he showed the ability, but he never was able to put it together for long periods of time. And so they kind of soured on him. Um, the Yankees were able to get him for a song, and you know, I thought. He never got a chance to spend a season as a full-time player. And at any time that the Yankees had an injury last year and he got to play for a week or two every day, he would hit. And I just thought, you know, it's time to give him a full-time job and just let him hit because he does. Whenever he plays every day, he hits, and we're seeing it this year. Well, I think your proposal is good. Clint Frazier, Aaron Hicks, Aaron Judge. You got a young infield, Greg Bird. Uh, I'd love to see Rob Refsnyder 
play more, but I, he just doesn't seem like he will ever be a full-time player. But you still have, you have Starlin Castro. Yeah. And shortstop is stacked. There's mm-hmm. depth there. I, I, the future is bright for the New York Yankees, but I think you're right, Zach. I think as we sit here now, practically 40 games into the season, this looks like a playoff team to me. We got a lot more baseball coming up on today's show. Baseball heavy. We haven't talked a lot of baseball. A couple of baseball guys in this studio. What we haven't, we just haven't. So we're going to do some of that today, but we'll also get to some hockey. We'll get to some other things. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. It's here. Ram Sports Network, Christian Sports Television. That's right, Christian Sports Television. Ram Sports Network is the first Christian Sports TV channel with programming from Pee Wee to the pros, games, events, sports talk, fitness and nutrition, sports missions, Western sports, and sports ministry. We're spreading the gospel through sports. Watch us now at ramsportsnetwork.com or find us on the Roku Channel Store. Ram Sports Network, more than a game. Let me tell you about Town & Country Pest Solutions. They've been in business for nearly three very successful decades. They have the experience to tackle any pest problem. Covering Rochester, Syracuse, Buffalo, Albany, Watertown, any place that could pick up this radio station is somewhere Town & Country Pest Solutions takes on pests and critters of all kinds. Town & Country's technicians are friendly, professional, and most importantly, they're knowledgeable. Bees, wasps, roaches, ants, bats, mice, call Town & Country. Even raccoons or larger animals call town and country have a bed bug problem or just want to check and make sure that you don't have a bed bug problem call town and country early detection is key when it comes to bed bugs so if you suspect the potential problem call town and country pest solutions today town and country's success rate and their guarantee are both well above industry average call town and country pest solutions today 585-426-5024 that's 585-426-5024 and let their team of professionals handle whatever pest problem you may have. Or visit them online, townandcountrysolutions.com. Town & Country Pest Solutions, fearing nothing but God. Rick Benson along with Zach Barletta recording the Beyond the Game program from Rochester, New York. btgprogram.com or at btgprogram. Want to say hello to those listening from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, just outside Philadelphia. I believe it's northeast of Philadelphia. Maybe it's northwest, but I'm pretty sure it's north of Philadelphia. Tokyo, Japan remains our number one. Now, Tokyo, I've actually heard of. Tokyo, Japan. <laughs> That's where our most numerous international downloads of the program, of awesome. our podcast, come from. Tokyo, Japan, just ahead of London, England, and... The country of Germany I, was third this past week. But number one domestically was Phoenixville, Pennsylvania. We want to thank you for downloading our podcast. Born in Phoenixville was Mike Piazza, Hall of Fame catcher. Also, John Smiley was from Phoenixville, oh. Pennsylvania. Kevin Nagandi, ESPN's uh, anchorman, oh, analyst. I, like I don't know. Yeah, I do too. I think he's not. I'm. Uh, I don't want to bash on anybody, but I'm, I've, I really, over the years, I think we've talked about this. 
I used to be a really big ESPN fan. I, I watched going back to the days of the late Tom Mees, the early, the early 80s, when they first came about. I was into ESPN and all up until, uh, I don't know, the last eight, ten years, I've really fallen out of favor with them. But there are some talent, talented people there that I do like, and he, and he's one of them. Also, though, from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, is Kevin Bacon, one of right. my favorite actors. In fact, if you had to, do you have a favorite Kevin Bacon movie? Tremors. Yeah, that was too easy, wasn't it? Yeah, well, <laughs> absolutely. He's got a number of. I mean, Footloose is terrific. Uh, you know, I and my there's wife a couple likes it more than I do. I'll just leave it at that. Oh, I I like it. I maybe I'm. Shouldn't say that then if if it's it's no tremors, no tremors is just fun. <laughs> it's fun. It's humorous, but Kevin Bacon has a couple of uh, romantic comedies that I think are real good. She's having a baby. It was uh, did you ever see it? I don't think so. It's it's terrific. It's humorous. Very very funny. It's good. Okay. And he does another movie. He said she said very similar to she's having a baby, okay. but it's with Elizabeth Perkins, who I think. Next to my wife is the most beautiful woman that's ever walked the planet. You know who Elizabeth Parkinson is? She was in, in Big with Tom Hanks. Okay, no, I never saw that. You never saw Big? No. Oh, Zach, you're missing out on so many. You probably still. We have been friends for years. And you're a hockey fan. And for years I've been telling you to see Mystery Alaska because you're a Rangers fan. It's just an entertaining movie. And I'm going to ask you now, you probably still haven't seen it, have you? Nope, I have not. You're a terrible movie friend. Yeah, you, you know, you have some friends that are movie friends. You, we, you and I could talk about Star Wars. Oh, you're, yeah. you're a good movie friend there. But overall, you're not a good movie friend because you don't see the movies that I say, hey, this is a good one. Check it out so we can talk about it. And you're like, yeah, whatever. I mean, I could, I could, I guess I could be a good friend and like pretend that I've seen it and be like, hey, remember the time when they were ice skating? That was my, <laughs> that was my favorite part. But I feel like you would figure that one out pretty quickly. We said we were going to talk a lot about a lot of baseball in this program. In this past week, Jose Bautista does what Jose Bautista does, and that's Get make people the, skin. Yeah, <laughs> exactly right. Against the Atlanta Braves, that bat flip once again. And you can say what you want. You can, if Darren were here, he'd be the oh, get off my lawn. You're just an old man, Clint Eastwood. All this stuff. <laughs> I don't like the bat flips because this is exactly what happens. People get frustrated by it. They get fired up by it. It leads to fights. You're showing somebody up. Well, that's ex it didn't lead to a fight, but it did lead to benches clearing. When is this going to stop? Especially when it comes to a guy like Jose Bautista. And Mark Tejera's comments afterwards um, I, I forget what network he's – it might even be – is it Fox Sports 1 that he's working for? It or is it ESPN? No, I can't remember. I do think it's a cable channel, but I can't remember. Whatever he is, he said that if this was anybody else, we wouldn't be talking about that. Right. But because it's Jose Bautista, and then he said, let's just be real, nobody likes Jose Bautista. Yeah. Now, I don't know if any of that's true, that nobody likes Jose Bautista, or even that if it was somebody else, we wouldn't be talking about well, Jose Bautista really likes Jose Bautista. I don't but know because it is, does. it certainly does add a little fire to the situation. Mm -hmm. Now, in Jose Bautista's defense, 
He appeared to me to be trying to defuse the situation. When he got to home plate, the catcher got right in his face. And he was, he almost seemed to be like, look, man, my bad. Um, try, try to defuse it. And maybe it was a rogue Nando door factor that weighed in there. He didn't want to get punched mm. in the face again, you know, but I don't know, Zach. I don't like the bat flips in baseball. And I, these people that keep telling me, well, it brings younger, younger viewers to the game. It adds a flair. It adds an excitement. And I think that's just a bunch of garbage because there's so many things you could bring to the game under that same pretense of it's going to bring younger viewers. It's going to add a flair. Well, that doesn't make it right. I mean, you could add, well, I, I don't know for, I can't think of an example, cheerleaders or, 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 um, yeah, I, I, there's a lot this of is things, good radio when I can't think of, of words that would be better at bringing young fans to the game than a 30 something year old dude who's hitting 208 flipping his bat and starting a bench clearing brawl. I you guess know. that adds to it. You're you're right about that. I almost I don't like it. I don't like the bat flip under any circumstances. I think it's selfish. I think it's um there it always comes with eye contact, which mm-hmm. if you're the pitcher in that situation, put yourself there for a minute. You're not going to like it. You're not going to be like sh- being showed up like right. that. But I almost got it last year in the playoffs. Big situation, mm-hmm. big home run against the Rangers. This this was a big moment. I, I I got the intensity. The other night, you're down by five runs late in a game that means nothing between two teams who at the moment just flat out stink yeah. and are going nowhere. Yeah, absolutely. And this I, was a moment that was, sorry to cut you off, but this was a moment that was more about him than about his team. This yeah. was This was selfish. This was look at me. Yeah, and I'm more – I don't like bad flips either. I'm with you. I'm more okay with it if it's just in a moment of exuberance. You've just hit a home run to complete a comeback or you've hit a walk-off or you've – Last year's playoff home run. Yeah, you're in the World Baseball Classic and you've done something to represent your country or something. But if you like you said, in a game where your team's terrible and you're down by five to another terrible team and you're about to lose to them for the third night in a row – what are you doing bad flipping? There's really not much to be proud of there. I would agree. I, I put it on the same thing in your garbage garbage time in a football game mm-hmm. and you're doing touchdown dances and pointing at the scoreboard or yeah. whatever. You know, there's just a it's not I guess the problem becomes it's very hard to say it's okay to do it in this situation, but it's not okay mm-hmm. to do it here. How do you how do you define that? I say you just don't do it. I, I think it's mm. I think it's bad for the game, and I don't buy into as much as people try to sell it to me. I am not buying into the idea that this is going to bring young viewers. The argument I would make and and have made is just because somebody's flipping a bat, that's going to bring a young viewer to the game. Do they re- really? Oh, he might flip the bat. I better buy a ticket to the game because mm-hmm. he might flip the bat. I want to be there if he flits it. That's stupid. Yeah. You know what's gonna, who's going to bring young people to the game? It's Mike Trout and Bryce Harper and Chris Bryant and Aaron Judge. Guys like that, kids are going to come to the game to see those guys. Kids aren't coming to the game because Jose Batista might act like a fool. You know, like it's it's just 
that excuse just doesn't hold any water for me. That's a great point. When you find yourself watching a ball game and you don't get a, get up to get a drink, you don't go up to get in, uh, if you're at the game, go get an order of nachos. You don't go to the bathroom when Aaron Judge or Bryce Harper yeah. or Mike Trout is at bat. That's you stay and watch it and go to the bathroom afterwards. Yeah. No, a, a couple of years ago, Jose Batista was one of those guys. You didn't go to the fridge when Batista was up because he might hit a ball to the moon. And at this point in his career, that's just not the case anymore. I do feel bad for him a little. Like I said, I I think he tried to defuse that situation. Mm-hmm. I think as soon as he did it, he thought, man, and that was probably goofy. Mm-hmm. But here's a guy that wanted to be paid big dollars mm-hmm. and nobody wanted. Nobody was offering. Nobody came calling. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was like that. He was he was at the dance, and nobody came to ask him to dance. He was yeah. he ended up back in Toronto, and he's what seventeen million a year, pretty good money. He's making, but good not change, nearly but, what he wanted. Yeah, probably about half of what he wanted. I mean, it's still a good paycheck, good work if you can get it, but nobody believes that beard is for real, right? Am I no. the only one who thinks that's? That is so black. I honestly thought when he got punched in the face last year that that beard was just going to come flying off. <laughs> it, 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 it doesn't look real. It looks like something for, like they stole it out of the Pirates of the Caribbean riot or something. You're listening to the Beyond the Game program. I'm Benson. He's Barletta. When we get back, we're going to do Zach's shenanigans statements for this week. Come back after the break. We'll be right here waiting for you. Do you know a high school athlete looking for a D2 college? Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts Wesleyan College, where athletics are fundamental to our commitment to educate for character. Our athletic program is strong and getting stronger every year. We offer 17 varsity sports, from lacrosse and basketball to track and field and soccer, and the only Division II athletic program in the area. Tell the young athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view, highlighting the stories and the people of faith. It's not a faith program that includes sports. It's a sports talk show rooted in faith-based principles. Welcome back to the show, recording in the BTG studios in Rochester, New York. Here's your host, Rick Benson. Thanks for tuning in. Benton and Barletta taking you through this week's Beyond the Game program. As promised, Zach, let's get into this week's shenanigan statements. All right. First of all, Zaza Pachulia intentionally injured Kawhi Leonard on Sunday. Now, i got to be honest here. I've been working from, and I'm not asking for sympathy here, so don't play the fiddle or anything like that, <laughs> but I've been pretty much working from dawn to dark getting ready for a big soccer tournament coming up uh, this weekend. I have not seen it. From the reaction, I can tell you that the San Antonio Spurs, they think it was intentional, but I did not see the play. So I'm going to have to rely on you. I can't – I can only go by what the San Antonio Spurs reaction to, and I take that with a grain of salt because obviously they're the victims. I got to say, like – and disclaimer – you guys know I don't watch a ton of basketball. I'm not nearly as familiar with it as you and Darren are. But to me, when I watch that clip, 
it did not look like an intent to injure. People will say that, that well, he took an extra step into Leonard and he put his feet underneath him in a position so that, you know, intentionally when Leonard came down, he would land on his feet and twist his ankles or whatever. I could see where you would think that, but to me, it looked like he was just trying to get in close to him and be physical and it was an unfortunate accident, you know? So I'm going to say shenanigans. I really didn't think it looked like intent to injure to me. Fair enough. I agree with you. Number two, the French Open was correct in not allowing Maria Sharapova to participate. I I agree. I, that's fine. It's up to them. If, yeah. I, if they want to make a statement and not now already – the British Lawn Club has offered her wild card for one of their tournaments coming up, I think, in the next, both this year and next year. So they've already gone out and said they will do it. Um, I guess my feeling is it's up to them. It's their tournament. It's their thing. They can do that. Here's what they're missing out on. If they, they want to make that statement, hey, she used drugs, we're, you know, we're much bigger. We're much better than that. Take a holier-than-thou approach. And I, I understand it's not really a holier-than-thou approach, but mm-hmm. they have the right to do that. But if you have an opportunity to have Maria Sharapova in your tournament, I think you would be foolish not to because yeah. she sells tickets. Yeah, she's the big name. And nobody cares about your French Open anyway without those names. So Yeah. I, I um, You know, when I first came up with this question, I thought I was going to say, shenanigans and say that no they were not correct in not allowing her because she served her punishment and it's not up to them to punish her and stuff and then i thought about it and it's not like she played her way in and then they told her sorry you're out of luck right she failed to qualify for the event they could have offered her a wild card entry and chose not to and you know what they don't have to if she wants to be in the tournament and publicly i think she's you know put a brave face forward and stuff but she could have earned herself a spot in the tournament and forced them to let her in, and she didn't. So, you know, it's fine. Right, and and of course, I'm kidding. It's the French Open. They're going to be fine without her, but mm-hmm. she does sell tickets. She is somebody that moves the needle. Uh, I, I guess if I were in their shoes, I would probably extend the wild card. But as you said, and you're exactly right, she didn't play her way in, so they don't have to do it. Yeah, tough luck. Exactly. Number three, the Nashville Predators anthem singer is justified in his anger at the team for using country music stars to sing the anthem at the team's home games in the playoffs. What's your thoughts, Zach? I don't know. I, I, I could see why he would be upset because that's his job, you know, when he is the anthem singer and stuff. But at the same time, it's not like he's being replaced by you and me. You know, these are superstars in the Nashville area exactly. and nationally. And, and yes. you know what? The team is in the playoffs. They're doing something special. They're playing lights out. Why would they not take this chance to give the fans an opportunity to hear somebody that they might not get to hear otherwise? Hear a world-class musical talent. You know, so I think this guy just needs to relax and enjoy his days off. Nobody knows who you are anyway. I don't know. So just stop. The fact that you get to sing all these other times is terrific. Mm -hmm. Just stop stop taking yourself so seriously these are the nashville predators are farther than they've ever gotten before the city is electric Mm -hmm. over hockey right now which who would have thought that 20 years ago or even 10 years ago yeah but 
They are electric over hockey, and everybody's on board with it. It seems like they're getting involved in this. And if you can have country and Western stars, not just a country and Western singer like this local yokel, Mm-hmm. These are stars. You, we're talking Carrie Underwood. You know, the, we're having stars sing the national anthem. Just stop and and admit. Look, okay, you got somebody better. Let's just say, let's just say, Doug Gottlieb wanted to host the show. Mm-hmm. I'm vacating my chair because here comes Doug Gottlieb. Yeah, or pick your. Celebrity, you got to have enough wherewithal about yourself. Look, man, I, I get it. I, I get to sing all year long. I, I know he wants to sing the national anthem. It's exciting, whatever. Mm-hmm. Get out of the way and let the stars handle it. This is a big moment for the team. Let them put some people out in front of the fans who the fans really want to see because yeah. you probably are a great singer. I'm sure you're terrific. You do a fine job. But nobody knows your name or cares except your mom. She probably cares that you're mm. singing the national anthem. Most everybody else in this in the arena wants to see Carrie Underwood. Absolutely. Next, the Atlanta Braves' Freddie Freeman will be the National League MVP. Shenanigans. Yeah, I kind of wrote this question before he got in. <laughs> that ain't going to help because I heard it's it's 10 weeks that he could be I out. I think it's 8 to 10 weeks, yeah. That's which is a long stint. If you if the season ended yesterday, he might have been the National League MVP, and and it's he sad. might have been if Bryce Harper wasn't in the league. That's true, and like and nobody but Braves fans were talking about him, but he's very quietly just a ridiculously good hitter and baseball player. And oh, he's terrific! It's, it's sad he's that absolutely. we're not going to have him for two or three months. At fourteen home runs at the time, leading the league, tied with Aaron Judge of the Yankees, terrific ball player, no doubt about it. But Bryce Harper is in the his number at the time fourth in the league in batting average, third in the league in home runs, second in the league in RBIs. How do you argue with that? At this point, no, Freddie Freeman would not be even if he played out the next mm-hmm. eight to ten weeks, which he's not going to. Uh, no, Bryce Harper is the man. Yeah, I probably could have taken this question out, but I really just wanted to spend a minute. Talking about Freddie Freeman just to appreciate that he's silently been amazing. Yeah, he's a great player. Uh, too bad for the Braves because any mm-hmm. shot you had, which you really didn't have much, you have zero now. Yeah. Next, the third place Chicago Cubs are in trouble. No, shenanigans. They're not in trouble. They're not third place, yes, not all that far out of first place. And one of the teams they're trailing is the Milwaukee Brewers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Not no, much of a threat there. Well, do you really expect to see Milwaukee at the top in September? Of course not. St. Louis is there. I, and again, that's a watered-down lineup at this point. Yeah. I don't know how they're there. But St. Louis is one of the great organizations in baseball. Good for them. They're, they always seem to find a way to compete. This year, it's even more mysterious how they're able to do that. But no, I don't think the Cubs are in any trouble at all. I think they'll get going. They finally swept the series this week, which first one all year. Mm -hmm. I think the Cubs will be just fine. I think the Cubs are what we always used to say about the Yankees, that if they can just hang around until the break, they have the resources to get what they need. The Cubs have money. They have the top currency in baseball, which is 
stud young prospects to be traded. You know, the Cubs, if they identify a need, they're going to be able to fill it. The Cubs are going to be fine. The New York Yankees need to trade one of their veteran outfielders to open up a full-time starting spot for Aaron Hicks. Where have I heard this before? I didn't realize you had this question coming up. Um, My apologies. We talked about this at the top of the show. Um, Need to? I guess they don't need to. Uh, So shenanigans. Should they? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm very surprised. I did not think Aaron Hicks was this type of ball player. But as you've pointed out, given extra time, given extra at-bats, he's been a terrific ball player. I really like what he brings to the team. Mm-hmm. I, and he's a lot faster. He's a better base runner than I expected him to be. Yeah, I think I texted you and Darren the other night that he has turned into what Byron Buxton sort of was supposed to be with the power, speed, defense, all of that you know combined into one package. But I'm an Aaron Hicks truther. I love the guy. I would love to see him play. Could play every day. any of the outfield positions. Yeah, can move him around. Mm-hmm. Switch hits. You know, he's just a very, very valuable and inexpensive. And there was that one fly ball that he lost in the lights in Chicago that was just fun. <laughs> <laughs> that was an adventure. <laughs> he had no idea, yeah. and it was in the seats behind him, and he had no clue. Um, poor guy. That's all right. This is one for the year. Last but not least. Mascots are one of the dumbest things in sports. Well, they don't make a whole lot of sense. <laughs> no. I, I guess you're you're on to something here. I, some of them are just flat-out goofy. The some ones, of them are kind of cool. The ones I love are the ones that have, like, nothing to do with the team. Like the Oakland A's having the elephant. You know, like, just... What does that have to do with with anything? Well, like, there is a story behind it. We're not going to get into it here because, well, one, I don't know it, but there is a story behind <laughs> it. That's a good reason. <laughs> I, I, there That's is. Never I've heard us it. Before. Well, no, I've heard. I've heard the story, so I know there is one, but I've forgotten the association there. But I know there is one, so that's why we can't get into it. But things like the Philly fanatic, what what is a Philly fanatic? But it's it's a great mascot i guess as far as mascots go have they opened the mascot hall of fame i know they were working on it i don't know it was due to open this year i believe or maybe it was last year or next year it was it's in soon to open will the mascot hall of fame have a mascot will there be an official mascot of the mascot Hall? the worst mascots are the olympic mascots and i don't know why they feel the olympics need to have a mascot but they always come up with one and they're they're off of the, the Yankees had a mascot for a couple of years back in the mid eighties, I think, for a year and a half, two years, it was dopey. There, there are some good, like the Georgia Bulldog. Mm-hmm. You know, um, that's a good one. Off the top of my head, I'm sitting here trying to think of some others, and I'm sure there must be, but you know, I can't think of them. You know what mascot I actually was reminded of today when we were talking about the anthem singer for the Predators. Remember Ragnar for the Minnesota Vikings? Yeah. The guy that used to ride it on the motorcycle yep. and stuff. And then he decided he needed to be paid like a million dollars. And the Vikings were like, see ya, we'll get a new mascot. <laughs> it's for yeah. some reason I'm thinking about Ragnar. Who had the gorilla? Was it the Phoenix Suns? I, I enjoyed that. That sounds right, but I really have no idea why I think that. The Florida State Chief... Uh, the guy that rides in on the horse and throws yeah, the spear and stuff? that's pretty intense. That's pretty cool. That's pretty good. 
Well, your to answer your question, no, I, I guess, yeah, I agree. They, they're dumb. They don't really add, I guess they add entertainment. Little kids love it. We're here in Rochester. Spikes is pretty cool. Yeah. And, and the kids just love him. Anytime he comes out, they just flock to him. I'm looking this as we're talking. I'm looking it up. The Mascot Hall of Fame, if you go to their website, mascothalloffame.com, coming to Whiting, Indiana, spring 2018. So there you go. There's your answer. All right. It's not open yet, but it will be next spring. We're going to take a break. This is the Beyond the Game program. I'm Rick Benson. He's Zach Barletta. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. When I have a home remodeling project, whether interior or exterior, I call McAfee's Remodeling Company. Family-owned for nearly two decades, McAfee's Remodeling Company is the name I trust. Mike McAfee put a new bathroom into my house three years ago, and I'm still getting compliments on it every time someone comes over to visit. Mike and his crew are experienced and professional, and you'll be thrilled with their work. So give McAfee's Remodeling Company a call today at 402-1070. That's 402-1070. Or visit them online at McAfeeRemodeling.com. You're listening to Beyond the Game, talking sports from a different point of view. Beyond the Game is listener-supported. You can help by making a one-time gift or perhaps even committing to a monthly pledge amount. And if you own a business, consider advertising during the Beyond the Game program and promote your business to large audiences of both sports fans and people of faith. Please join us as we seek to encourage, equip, and evangelize through Sports Talk Radio. Visit our website at btgprogram.com for more information or make a donation via PayPal Secure Servers. Beyond the Game thanks you for both your financial and prayerful support. Welcome back into Beyond the Game, mixing sports with faith. I'm Rick Benson. Along with me is Zach Barletta. Sad news this past week from the world of baseball when it was learned that Steve Palermo, one-time Major League Baseball umpire, passed away from complications uh, of lung cancer. Steve uh, Steve Palermo uh, had worked 15 years as an American League umpire when... Wow. In 1991, he was intervening, him and uh, Richie Garcia, to two waitresses who were being mugged in Dallas, Texas. I think it was outside a restaurant or something. These two waitresses were being beaten and robbed, and they intervened, and unfortunately, Steve Palermo was shot. And at the time, he knew immediately that this was a serious situation. He said he felt his body just just collapsed. He was paralyzed. And doctors said he would, it was very unlikely that he would ever walk again. And just through sheer willpower, I guess it was an emotional moment to see him walking out with the help of a cane and throwing out the first pitch in the World Series before game one in Minnesota at the time, uh, the Metrodome. 
just real. I re- I remember that very vividly, seeing that on my television screen. This man that who was shot, who was paralyzed, who was given a prognosis of probably never walking again. This happened in July. The World Series is in October. Just a few short months later, here he was walking out there, throwing out the first pitch. Steve Palermo is one of the one of the good guys from all accounts. I don't know the man, but he's alleged to be a terrific person. He was a uh, inspiration to many. He was a uh, motivational speaker. Did a, did a lot with baseball. He was a chairman for the game. He was worked on a lot of different committees involving umpires. Just a sad thing that that his career would be taken from him mm-hmm. in the way that it was. He was asked numerous times if he regretted stepping in, and on no occasion did he ever did he ever uh, regret helping. He said if if he didn't help, it would be admitting that he had made a mistake. If he regretted doing that, it would be admitting that he made a mistake and he knows darn well he didn't. He was sort of a good uh, good thing for Yankee fans to see. He was on the field when uh, Bucky Denton hit that home run in the, in the one-game playoff against the Red oh, Sox. Wow. He was actually umpiring third base, so it was his responsibility to call fair or foul, and it was well Fair, you've seen the replay mm-hmm. a million times. Oh yeah. But growing up in Massachusetts, his family is a bunch of Red Sox fans, and his dad would always give him a hard time. You couldn't call that foul. He's <laughs> like, it, it's you know, it, it was clearly fair. And his dad is like, so <laughs> he was also the home plate umpire for Dave Rigetti's July Fourth no hitter. So Yankee wow. Yankees see him on the field; they're got to be feeling pretty good. Yeah, good things are happening. It's. It's easy, I think, sometimes to not get involved, and it's pretty easy to make excuses. You know, well, uh, maybe it's too dangerous. I, I shouldn't get involved here. Uh, uh, this might be a, a setup for maybe an ambush of some type, and, and all those things are legitimate. I re- it was recently I was driving down the road, and I saw a car pulled over, and it looked like somebody outside the car was – they were bent over. They were getting sick. I, I don't know. And I didn't immediately stop. And I felt guilty about it. Now, this whole thing transpired in a matter of two or three seconds. Right. I, yeah. It was a 45-mile-an-hour zone that I was going through. It was, a, it was a rural area. There was nobody else around that I thought. So it was a 45-mile-an-hour speed zone. So I'm probably doing 60. Uh, so – we probably went no more than 30 or 40 feet. Like I said, two, three seconds. And I realized I, I need to go back. And in that time, I look in my rearview mirror, I see somebody else pulling over. Now, I tell you all that to tell you, I still kind of feel bad about it. Two, three seconds went by of me not wanting to get involved in this situation. I had some place to be, but those two, three, two or three seconds are bothering me still. I look in my rearview mirror, like I said, somebody else was was already getting involved. They were pulling over. And as I, I saw another car approaching from the other direction, looked to be slowing down as well. The people were well taken care of, well in hand, but I'm still bothered by it. Now, I tell you that to tell you, 
somebody else got the blessing of helping those people that maybe had I not, maybe had I been more quick to get involved, I could have, that, that best blessing may have been for me, but I, I turned it down seemingly. So it, it bothers me. Now, all that to tell you, there's a story in the Bible, Luke chapter 10, where the story of the Good Samaritan, maybe the most well-known story or perhaps most retold story in Scripture. Everybody knows the Good Samaritan story. Kids hear it all the time. But where the story starts out with a lawyer asking Jesus, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? In Luke chapter 10, verse 26, Jesus turns it around on him and asks him, well, what is written in the law? How readest thou? Of course, the lawyer answers in verse 27, answering said, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, with all thy strength, and with all thy mind, and thy neighbor as thyself. Verse 28, Jesus said unto him, Thou hast answered right this do, and thou shalt live. The lawyer then asks, seeming he wants to find out, well, maybe I really don't have to help this guy. So he asks Jesus, Who is my neighbor? And that's when he tells, Jesus tells the account of the good Samaritan. Who is our neighbor? The question was asked to me by one of the pastors on staff. Have you talked to your neighbor next door? Have you talked to your neighbor across the street? And we debated a little bit that our neighbor is a little different today than it used to be. We used to have the white picket fence and people would meet at the fence and talk. Now your neighbor is that other parent whose kid is on the same soccer team your kid is on, mm-hmm. that other parent of whose kid is in the same dance recital that your kid is on, may live on the other side of town, but you actually spend more time with them than you do the person who lives in your house. The, the answer to the question is really both of them. If we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all with all our strength, with all our mind— The next part just comes natural, loving thy neighbor as thyself. Mm -hmm. So when a guy like Steve Palermo just got involved, if we love God, we're going to get involved in helping people. And that can be very messy. Mm -hmm. People's lives can be very difficult. The Good Samaritan went down. uh, He comes across this man who'd been just like Palermo, comes across these waitresses who had been robbed. This guy comes across a guy on the side of the road that had been passed up by a priest, passed up by a, a Levite, and he went and took care of them and then paid money, paid his own money to have somebody else help this man. My point is he went to some some far reaches. He went to some extent mm-hmm. to help the guy. He definitely, we would say, went above and beyond. And that's a good way to put it. He went to some extent that Many of us are looking for excuses to not get involved. And this happens maybe not to this extent where we some see somebody injured on the side of the road, where we see somebody who had been robbed at the side of the road, but maybe it's just a little thing. Maybe somebody just needs somebody to listen to them. And, well, ah, gee, I see them coming. We dart down another aisle at, at the grocery store mm-hmm. or we try to avoid people and all they want to do is somebody, find somebody who will listen to them for a while. 
we all have these people in our lives where sometimes we don't want to help because we feel we're going to end up in this same situation of listening for hours on end or or carrying somebody's baggage. But if we love God with all our heart, with all our soul, with all our mind, we will love our neighbor as ourselves. And just made me think of that. I know it's a brief kind of awkward analogy here, kind of as we're talking back and forth, but I've always remembered Steve Palermo saying he never, never regretted helping. And here's a guy that lost his career as a result of being shot from intervening in that. So Steve Palermo passing away this week, Major League Baseball umpire, all-around good guy from side effects of uh, complications, I should say, due to lung cancer. We'll be back to close out the show in just a minute. I'm Rick Benson. This is the Beyond the Game program. If you know a high school athlete looking to become their best self, think Roberts Wesleyan College. Hi, I'm Dr. Dina Porterfield, president of Roberts. We recently won six conference titles. Our teams have made three NCAA national championship appearances, and 96 student athletes were named East Coast All-Conference. And Roberts has the only NCAA Division II program in Greater Rochester. Tell the athlete in your life about Roberts. Visit roberts.edu. Thanks for tuning in. This is the Beyond the Game program, America's favorite faith-based sports talk radio program that's recorded in Rochester, New York. We like to close out the show every week by telling you what it is that we like, finding something in sports that's a, that's a positive thing, give a, a good outlook. And what I like this week is, oh, I didn't play the sound clip. Zach, that's that's the best part of the show, isn't it? Oh, and you know, you always get after me if I forget to play it, so I I really can't let this slide. Well, here, here we go. What I like this week. You like that? You like that? There we go. Austin Sindrick, who is due to race in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series in North Carolina on Saturday, later today. Conveniently, though, it's just down the road from his high school, where he will be graduating at 8 a.m. Wow. He will go to his high school graduation at 8 a.m., and then he says, I'll get that done with, and then be at the garage by 10 a.m. Austin Sindrick and his, uh, what would you say, his devotion to education, his devotion to high school. Proverbs sixteen sixteen says, how much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather than to be chosen than silver? So Austin Sindrick and his dedication is what I like this week. Good job, Austin. What I liked this week was a quote I saw from Chase Headley, Yankees third baseman Chase Headley in FCA Magazine, where he talks about how he came to Christ through FCA in high school, and it's provided him an ath- a, pro- a platform for he and other athletes to build and share their faith. And it's just cool to see an athlete, any athlete really, share their testimony of how they came to Christ. But when it's a player I like on a team that I like, that makes it even better. So Chase Headley sharing his testimony is what I liked this week. You like that? Before we close out the show, I saw this thing in the in the news about Conan O'Brien. A judge is letting a lawsuit go forward, which is accusing O'Brien of stealing jokes. 
I forget what the fellow's name is. It is nobody you've ever heard of that's bringing the lawsuit. The joke is when right after the Patriots beat the Seattle Seahawks, uh, Conan O'Brien says Tom Brady said he wants to give his MVP truck to the man who won the game for the Patriots, so enjoy that truck, Pete Carroll. <laughs> now, that doesn't seem like a comp- original thought. I mean, there's got to be 150 about, people. Yeah, I think I saw five different versions of that on Facebook within five minutes of the game ending. Well, the lawsuit is claiming that this guy put it out on Twitter at 8 or 9 o'clock in the morning. Conan used it later in the afternoon. So that must mean that he stole the joke, which maybe he did. I have no idea. But is it, does it seem plausible that Conan O'Brien is sitting on Twitter looking for this guy to steal his joke? It just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But that's sort of the, some of the funny things that I, I just can't figure out in life. There, there are thoughts that you and I have that, People have – this is a joke that probably, like we said, 150, yeah. 2,000, who knows how many people made that joke. I think we had probably a, a version of that joke I'm here sure in the studio. Did. Yeah. You know, the the but anyway, Conan O'Brien is going to be facing a lawsuit that a judge has decided to allow get fo- to go forward. And one more thing before we say goodbye, Paul George – is not an all-NBA team. He did not make one of the three all-NBA first team, second team, third team. What that means is he's probably out of Indiana. In a weird way that that the bargaining agreement is in the NBA, if he were an all-NBA player, the Pacers would be able to pay him a certain percentage, a certain number of millions of dollars more than anybody else. But because he's not all-NBA, they don't have that right to pay him any more than somebody else would, so they're going to have a hard time retaining. Is that crazy? That's dumb. How does that even get through? Because that's voted on by the media, correct? That's true. So let's take it right out of their hands. The media is just... dictating how much a guy can get paid by not making him all NBA. So if you got a grudge against this guy, that doesn't make any – that's where I do like the New York Times – I think it's the Times. Maybe it's the Post. One of the New York newspapers do not vote on the baseball awards because they say that you shouldn't be making news. You shouldn't be involved in the making of the news. You're simply there to report it. I don't know. You agree? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess that's going to do it. That's going to be our show for this week. Thanks for being with us. This has been the Beyond the Game program. Be sure to check out Myths and Mysteries if you enjoy Miss curious stories and unsolved mysteries, then you'll appreciate this podcast, which Zach does with his brother. Myth and Mysteries, available on iTunes and Google Play. Visit their website, mythandmysteriespod.com. Visit our website, btgprogram.com. Give us a follow on Twitter, at btgprogram. For Zach Barletta, I'm Rick Benson. Lord willing, we'll be back together again next week, right here at the same time. Be bold and be great this week, everybody. 